ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. The Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd. Hey, Jeremy. How you doing? Good. You think this is going to work for us? <laughs> you know, thank you, Squadcast, for every <laughs> every known technical difficulty and going back to the drawing board and inventing five more. Yeah. We have no clue if this is going to work or not, folks, but we're going to give it our best because we don't want to leave you without a show this week because we know you couldn't handle it. That's right. That's right. Neither could we. Uh, yeah. So yesterday I was supposed we're, we record on Friday mornings and last Friday, my wife was coming back from town and a gravel truck, you know, and those guys, it's a Friday. He's not going to really pay attention to this job. It doesn't really matter if he's got loose rocks, a big old rock, like size of a baseball came off this truck, bounced on the road and hit our van or our vehicle on the driver's side window. Oh my so gosh. We, yeah. And it was funny because Steph said it was a big rock, but it was a small little crack, you know, like the little nickel size things. And I thought, okay, cool. I'll get one of those little patch kits. I don't, I thought you could probably do it on a side window. And then I went out the next morning to look at it on Saturday. I was like, I'm going to take a look at this thing. And it had already spidered out. I'm like, well, it's gone. And it went through one uh, thermal cycle of, you know, because it's been hot up there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hot and cold. Cold down at night and smack. Yeah, and then we've also, it was hot in the beginning of the week, and it's cooled, and now it's, we're going to have, uh, actually, we're going to set records, they say. We might have the the biggest, the greatest heat wave since 1914. Um, but anyways. Oh my God, global warming, it's here. Yeah, well, you know, the world goes through cycles. So, the, so that happened, and then uh, Monday I called for an appointment, because the glass shops aren't open on the weekend, and the earliest they could get us in was Friday morning, and I said, okay, I'll take it. And so we had that booked. And uh, so we didn't record yesterday morning. I had to take this thing in at 8.30. And we thought, you know what? We need to get something out. So it is Saturday. This will probably come out on Saturday. And we went to uh, log in, and Squadcast has updates. And <laughs> it's a, they've really gone full on uh, ridiculous. So what were you saying there when you go to sign in? Because I noticed before, just take whatever user I had, like my email address, and that would be my username. And now it makes you enter your own username, but you saw a warning sign. I, I saw it, but I was not paying attention. Uh, what was it again? Name, right? Just the word yeah. name. But then yeah. it, in parentheses, it appears to be a subtle warning against using pronouns. <laughs> they don't want to see he, she, it, they. Mr. Mrs. That's funny. You know what? Um, from now on, I'm He-Man and... There you go. Ah, that's crazy. Toxic masculinity, Todd. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh, but yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been a good week. I'm so glad we have air conditioning, man, because they say here, getting back to the weather thing, we could be hitting 40s, uh, low 40s. I don't know what that is. I'm just going to type it in here. 40C2F. That's 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. That's that's hot. 
Now, I know in the western United States, they've been hitting uh, hot record highs for this time of year, uh, triple digits, 111, 112 in certain places. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't handle that. Um, the hottest I've ever been is the day we landed in Dubai, uh, and actually in Abu Dhabi, uh, in the first Gulf War. Uh, it was 128 on the flight oh, wow. line. So. Wow. Yeah, that, uh-uh. It was a dry heat, though. <laughs> um, we, when my dad and I went to, uh, we went into the Amazon rainforest when we lived in Venezuela, went into Brazil, and when we landed, it was 120 degrees, and they had 80% humidity. That is just miserable. It is miserable. It's in, you're in one of those commercial steam ovens they use for bread. At that oh, point. yeah. Yeah. And I remember even flying there, like we had this little tiny Cessna, I don't know what it was, a little prop job, and we'd open the windows. And even with the wind, you know, up, we weren't high. It's not like they're getting altitude or anything, but there's zero relief. You'd think if you're an airplane, you're, you're moving quickly. If you go up in the sky a little bit, it might be cooler. No, it was just like literally... Our shirts were completely soaked. And I sweat. Like, I sweat like crazy, man. If I think about exercise, I start perspiring. <laughs> you see some of these people have, you know, run marathons, and you see some of these guys cross the finish line, and they're dry. I'm like, what is wrong with you, man? Literally, if I run for four miles, I'm not joking. The entire front and back of my shirt is just drenched, and often the sleeves, too. I, I sweat so much, it's disgusting. Yeah, I do, too, now. Um Oh, say maybe in the last five years, my body's just decided it'll sweat now. Yeah. And I can literally, on a 90-degree day, 92-degree day, uh, I can go to just walk to the mailbox and back, and I'm soaking wet. Yeah. And then if I get really sweaty, like I work out in the garage without air conditioning on. Yeah. You know, it gets really hot in there, but it's – and it – I get so wet, I feel soapy. It's disgusting. Wow, yeah. yeah. And I talked to my doctor. I said, hey, you know, I used to never sweat like that before. He goes, yeah, now you're fat. What do you mean? <laughs> fat people, and this is what he's saying, fat people, when they sweat, overly sweat, you know, like you were out in the garage working for, you know, four hours. You're fat starts to break down and you're oozing uh, <laughs> chemical compounds, you know, from your yeah. fat. And he keeps saying fat, you know, really <laughs> emphasizing it. And I'm like, I'm going to smack you in the mouth in a minute. Yeah, that's right. But it's like, you know, just like a professional athlete, if they're trying to cut weight and they wear the rubber suit, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, you feel slimy underneath after a while and you do. Um, cause I've worn one of those back in the day, uh, trying to cut weight for the military weigh-ins huh. and, uh, anyway. Yeah, no, that's, that's crazy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's nuts. Um, how all that works, you know, like isn't soap, is that made from fat? It used like, to be. Tr traditionally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when you're saying that soapy and slimy, yeah, remind me of that. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, so my dad sweats like crazy, and so do I. And like, my wife doesn't sweat much at all. Like, she can work out, and she'll like, she'll work out hard for an hour, and she might have a little bit of sweat on her brow. If I start doing jumping jacks for one minute, <laughs> like, I'm like. Like I, I go for runs on the treadmill. I, I mean, you're, I sweat less outside because there's obviously air movement, and if, usually it's a little bit windy. But if I run on the treadmill, there's literally like beads, like full on beads. You'll see it start at the top of my leg and it'll run all the way down to my ankles. It's just like, yeah, it's nasty. We did. Uh, my dad and I ran some marathons, and uh, we did one. We did a few together, uh, but one we did. The, I don't know, the University of Calgary along with, there's a university in the United States and then also one in Europe somewhere. They're doing research on the effects of fatigue on biomechanics. And so they're studying a bunch of marathoners and seeing what their gait was at the beginning of the race, the middle of the race, and the end of the race. And they thought, oh, cool, we've got a father and a son. This could be interesting information. So they asked us if they could do some studies on us. We're like, sure. So basically, like a week before the race, we went into their little lab. We ran across these sensors, and they have these special video cameras. And so they see what our, our movement is, how our body moves, our, our mechanics. And the race day, we did the same thing on the sensor. Halfway through the race, they had a special place where we kind of pulled out, ran across these sensors. They had this, like, backdrop and then a camera so that, you know, they could film exactly how our body moved. And at the very end of the race, it was probably like a half a mile to the finish line. We did the same thing. And they weighed us, you know, before the race, a week before the race, the start of the race and the end of the race. And it was funny because I'm a little taller than my dad, like probably four or five inches. And we both weighed exactly 185 at the start, like to the ounce, 185 pounds. And at the end of the race, we both weighed exactly 180 pounds. I thought it was kind of interesting. But in the course of a marathon, running for four hours, we lost five pounds of water. Yeah. This is quite a bit of water. It is. Um, it is. I have a question, if I may, about mm -hmm. running. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I had to run in the military, and I've never liked running except in one two-year period of my life. Um, I found it very therapeutic, but I never run, like, marathon distances. Uh, you know, we invented cars and bicycles. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and, it, you know, for what it is, running is inefficient. Yeah. Distance for calories, for energy, all that. It's the most inefficient mode of travel there is. But anyway, marathon running, long distance running of any kind. I used to, I worked for someone a female for a little while. And then we worked together longer than that. Um, and she started getting into marathon running and she had to hire a coach, right. To do it right. Don't want to hurt yourself. Okay. And he had to, he, he she was saying that she had to relearn running completely, uh, the, the complete biomechanics of running to be able to, do long distance running without hurting herself. Like even the way you, your foot placement, like you don't want to run on your heel. You don't want to mm -hmm. go heel to toe when you do It's just like the ball of your foot to your toe um, is what she was saying. They even had special uh, shoes made that looked like semicircles on the bottom that were domed on the bottom to teach her how to run. Mm -hmm. 
Does this sound familiar? Or is this snake oil? I think it might be partially snake oil. Uh, the one thing is, is the medicine has tried to figure it out. In, it's like anything. Um, you know, research into this stuff was probably never done very much. And then all of a sudden it's become popular. Like running was, uh, it's not so much anymore, I don't think. But I think like in the late 90, like 1900, like two, early 2000s is really popular and is growing. Like every marathon, you know, they'd open it up and it'd be like, oh, wow, we've got like 20% more enrollment in this race. Um, it's growing, growing sport. I think it's kind of plateaued a bit, but they're trying to figure it out. But I think what they come to ultimately, and I think they kind of get a lot of stuff from, if you look at a triathlon, uh, swimming is so much about technique, way more about technique than raw strength, right? Um, your joints move the way they do. And there are better ways to run. There are ways that have less impact. Like uh, one of my sons is a very, very smooth runner. And my other son, it's like he's jumping every time he's, he goes up, 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 up. And I've tried to tell him, say, you know what? There's a certain amount that you can kind of bring it in, tone it down a little bit. You're not going to change the way your body moves. That's your biomechanics. Um, but, you know, ultimately they say an efficient runner, if you look at them, their head doesn't bob up and down. It should yeah. as little as possible. Some people can't run without jumping like my one son. I'm like, and, and I can do it like I can bounce. And then I can also kind of, you kind of make your gait a little bit longer and you kind of just, you think about smoothing it out a bit. And then when I try and train myself to run like that, I'll think I've done experiments with this, but like, okay, let me try this. And man, it also my quads will hurt. Like they've never hurt after a run. And there, there is certain amount that you can adjust, like like anything. You can get faster, uh, you know, what's your vertical jump? You can train your jump. You can do things so you can jump higher. Uh, same thing with running. You can run more efficiently, but there is a certain limitation. Some people were put on this earth and they can just grace the earth like a gazelle, just effortlessly bound along with speed. And some people, I mean, they're like a rhino, right? There's going to be boom, boom, boom. So I think that some of it's snake oil, but I know they used to try and tell everybody, oh, you can't run like this or you need this, you know, like only on the yeah. balls of your feet. Some people well, are like, you know what? You'll never be able to run for a sustained period of time on the balls of your feet. Your natural gait is this. So just use your natural gait. I know where they, you know, get it from, you know, he told her and then I did some research, you know, that um, a tribe in Africa that's known for its running that, you know, they start running in the morning or they can start running in the morning and then stop when they go to bed at night, they eat on the run, all that. And they're, they've always run at a forward leaning forward, you know, somewhere in the 40 degree range, if not lower. And they all, and they're pushing off the balls of their foot instead of running like we do. And, yep. uh, you know, so I get the, where they get it from. It just, relearning to run you know it, it seemed to me like it was how can i be a running trainer and then milk it for a, a longer period of time yeah yeah could very well be that and you know it's interesting you know, too uh a middle-aged caucasian woman that used to be a volleyball player is going to run one or two marathons before she gets bored and goes on to something else 
Yeah. Yeah, which is what happened. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's interesting because um, I remember when I got into running, we have these stores in Canada called Running Room. They're actually really good. I, I like them. Uh, John Statton, the guy who started them, he's written some books on running marathons and stuff. Uh, but you can go in there and they'll look at your stride, your gait, and then they'll recommend shoes. And I think I overpronated. And so, which means that when I step, instead of my feet being straight in line, my toes point outwards away from each other in a, in a general term. And so they give you these, uh, motion control shoes. And I used to buy these shoes. They're Asics gel Keanos and they're about 230 bucks a pair. And they said I needed these shoes. And then, you know, reading, I used to subscribe to Runner's World magazine and for quite a few years, and I'd read, read, read. And eventually, I, I remember later on, they did this article, and these researchers did like a 12-month study uh, putting different people in different shoes. And they say most people, unless you've got some, like some actual, like defective-looking feet, you just want to let your feet move the way they move. And... So they call it a neutral running shoe because you can buy running shoes that are for under pronators, over pronators or neutral, uh, you know, barefoot running was kind of popular. So basically they have shoes that were little more than like a glove for your foot, right? It's designed just to protect you from abrasion and, you know, not much cushioning. Um, but yeah, they say ultimately, you know, if you want more cushioning, that's one thing It's going to make you slower. It's going to make you work harder to move. But, um, they say most people don't need shoes that control how their feet move because you're kind of put on this earth with the feet that you got and that's how they're going to work you know um it's just kind of interesting so now i don't buy uh 230 running shoes i buy whatever's on sale and whatever's light so take that yeah i i went to one of those uh shoe clinics uh for professional athletes when i was playing softball and I wasn't a pro softball player, but I wanted some uh, really good uh, softball cleats so I could uh, take care of my feet, you know, because I've had some damage done and I don't want to continue doing it anyway. So I wanted some good, not the not shoes that controlled my foot, but just protected it, and it had really good traction. And I went to one of those things, and. Uh, had cast made of, you know, castings made of my foot. Oh, well. Went to that machine where they recorded your feet. Uh, basically, it's kind of the same thing as a CAT scan or a, a MRI for your foot, but in motion. Yep. Uh, but it looks like an x-ray. Anyway, um, whole nine yards. And they were wanting to sell me uh, these hand-built shoes for like $510 a shoe. <laughs> yeah. uh, no thanks. That's funny. You know, back then it was Nike, here I come. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I actually wound up with a really good pair of Reeboks, but hmm. uh, softball cleats, because they were uh, Nike and Reebok for name brands that people would recognize were trading back and forth about who was the best uh, baseball, softball shoe back then. Hmm. The NCAA used Reebok that year, so... There you go. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, that's one one thing that's dying. Like when you're mentioning uh, handmade shoes, I remember Strathmore, town, town I lived in, uh, we had a cobbler until I think 2012. 
And I remember I bought a pair of Red Wings, like some kind of hipster looking boots, but um, you know, I bought them and they can be resold. And I'm like, oh, there you go. I'm just going to take it to my friend. But uh, that's that's the thing that nobody does anymore. Nobody buys quality enough shoes to, or they don't even last, you know? Um, my daughter had some shoes and she's on the, you know, she's going on the treadmill mostly like every day. Like we've kind of, I think we're doing good as a family. We're all exercising every single day. Um, but my daughter had got these shoes and she was on the treadmill and she's like, she came up and she's like, mom, dad, I think I need new shoes. And she wore a hole through the bottom of them because there's no, you know, you got the soft cushioning foam layer of the sole and then you've got the protective rubber on top. These shoes we that we bought didn't have any rubber on the bottom of that. <laughs> and so like they just wore right through. I was blown away. It's like how can they even get away with making shoes like this? I don't know. Everything's just you go look at shoes now, they they all seem more disposable than they ever have been. But Yeah. I uh cobbling has always fascinated me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anytime I used to get, have, you know, quality shoes and then took them in to get resold or fixed or, you know, whatever, I'd always, you know, try to watch them when they fixed them. If they'd yeah, let me. yeah. Just because it's fascinating. There's a great YouTube channel, uh, Trenton and Heath, uh, two brothers here in Nashville that uh, are cobblers to everybody, basically. Oh, do they got like super viral videos? Yeah, yeah, I've seen those. I I just and they're they're uh, they're just interesting enough people to watch to keep you there because some people, no matter how good of a cobbler they would be, if they're just a monotone uh, animal trying to talk, you know, it's not going to hold my interest. Yeah. Just d- quit talking. Do your stuff with music in the background. Yeah, yeah. But these guys are great. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check them out again because I probably a year or two ago I saw one of their videos, and it, I think it popped off on YouTube and it was like tons of views. And I was I was watching. I was like, this is actually kind of interesting. You know, not, I don't in watch a- all their videos because some of them are just stupid, like the cheapest pair of Walmart shoes, and they make them better. Oh, really? They do that stuff? Resole them. Yeah, I don't care about that. Because mm-hmm. um, realistically, who's going to go buy a thirty pair of shoes, thirty dollar pair of shoes, and then give you three hundred to resole them? Uh, yeah. No one. Yeah. But if I had a pair of Ferragamos, yes, I'm going to take them to you. If I bought a pair of work boots for, you know, two, three, five hundred dollars that are meant to be resold four or five times over my life, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's some of the most interesting things. And then the other interesting one is when they buy super high-end boots or shoes and then do an autopsy on them. Brand new, right out of the box. Say, I've seen them do a $1,500 pair of shoes, you know, Italian, and they they were just gobsmacked how cheap they were how cheaply they were made what crappy material it was hmm. and then you know been surprised by reasonably priced shoes that are using the best in- ingredients there are yeah yeah you know, so. that's crazy and they're, they're honest about it you know these things suck and then 
that's where I learned that shoe manufacturers are one of those uh, companies that got you because they, you know, it can be a, a good name brand, but then they have crappy models. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like their $600 shoes are really good. You know, you go in, ah, I'm, you know, I'm not willing to pay 600 for a pair, but I'll try them for $300. And those are the ones that just, you know, they're basically Chinese again. Yeah, yeah. So that that I found super interesting as some of their uh, deconstruction videos to learn how shoes are made, what brands to watch out for, things like that. Yeah, yeah. And they don't just do you know, tuxedo shoes. They do work boots and mm-hmm. I think they did nurses shoes once. Huh. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I could ever spend money on shoes except for working boots. Like I wear red wings, uh, uh, and the model I wear, they're actually really, really popular. Um, but like the most comfortable boots I've ever worn in my life. Like I could wear those for 16 hours a day and take them off. And I'm like, ah, oh, I, I kind of miss my work boots. They, they kind of felt good. I don't know what it is. And I, they fit my feet there. Once, uh, you know, I was working at San Gel and we had a boot allowance every year. I think we got 200 bucks a year for boots or something. And uh, I pitched in a hundred of my own and got these $300 work boots and like amazing. And somebody else said, fine, I'll try them out. And after a year or two, man, everybody had these Red Wing boots, and they were so comfortable. Uh, but, man, when it comes to, like, my dress shoes, <laughs> I, like, go to the – I won't go to Walmart because, uh, man, my feet will sweat in plastic. But I'll go to, like, uh, one of these discount stores. Uh, we we call them, like, Winners here or Marshalls. And uh, I'll just find some cheap leather shoes that look okay, done, good enough for me. You know, that I don't don't need anything fancy for – dress shoes uh, that's one thing i could never understand like guys that get into dress shoes <laughs> it's weird <laughs> well i to had me, to for to you know a number of years when i was working in dc um and i could never find no matter how much money i spent a comfortable dress shoe i couldn't do it hmm. um it, you know if, if i'd have found a uh more i'm gonna say vintage but say five to ten year old pair of used uh ferragamo or a couple other italian brands uh and then had them resold those would have been great but Mm. you know those are hard to come by yeah but for work boots i used to have uh red wings uh but the model of red wing i used to wear they quit making in my size uh jerks so then i went to Another brand, I don't even remember what it was. Their handmade uh, uh, boutique brand, but just for workers. And those were great. Uh, the guy had to retire. He was too old. So then I went to Carolina, and now I'm on Lariat, and I love those. But. Hmm. Right on. Um, yeah. I, I don't wear my boots much anymore. Every now and then I'm like, you know, I should put them on and – Really, making knives isn't overly dangerous. I'm not worried about like impacting, dropping anything on my toes, unless I'm moving equipment around or something like that. But uh, lately, I've been wearing Vans, and uh, it, they're kind of weird to get used to, especially oh my gosh. coming as a knife maker. You're not worried about what all of the 
um, safety sallies on YouTube say that, you know, that belt's going to catch the knife and shoot it into your foot point first you know what? at butt-naked speeds. Yeah. Crap, that'll you know never what? happen, ever. I used to be scared of that, and then after making knives for years and years, <laughs> I realized that it just doesn't happen like that. Like, it just hasn't happened yet. <laughs> what they don't understand is, you know, within a straight below the belt on most people's grinders, and to a certain degree on either side of straight from the straight down from the belt is a water bucket. So yeah. your feet literally can't be there. Yeah. Anyway. And, and it doesn't work like that. Like, yeah. you know, as I was buffing some stuff. I was using my buffer a lot this week. And every time I turn it on, I hear, I, I remember hearing people saying, oh, the most dangerous tool in the shop is the buffer. And I remember thinking about that. And I'm like, I completely disagree. Now, it is very dangerous. The tool itself is not that dangerous, but it's how people approach it, right? People are lackadaisical and they're complacent and they they come up to the, the buffer and like, ah, let's just buff this up. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, it can grab you, but for people to say, and I've had people argue like that is 100% the most dangerous tool in your shop. It's like, so you would rather stick your hand into my metal lathe than into my buffer. Which is actually more dangerous. Okay, like my metal lathe, it's got a five horsepower motor on it. It'll chew you in, twist you around, won't even notice. My buffer, it could throw things at you if you're not paying attention, right? Like, I I, I don't know. I struggle with that sometimes. I was, uh, uh, we used to have a sign in the shop that said, the most dangerous tool in the workshop is, is the you. two-legged tool. Yeah, is you. <laughs> You're a tool. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's true. Like, it's same thing, like, drilling on a drill press. Very seldom do I actually, you know, if I'm just putting a hole in something, I'm not going to clamp it into a vice, and I'm not, I don't have, like, anti-helicopter stops. Now, there's certain size bits in certain material that I know are likely to grab, and so even yesterday, I was drilling some holes in some different things. I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to put a vice grip on my table here just so that I've got something in case this thing grabs. Um, but when I choose not to, it's because I've probably done that dozens, hundreds, possibly thousands of times. I've literally drilled thousands of holes with a drill press, and I kind of have an idea of what's going to happen. Right. I mean, I'm not saying I know everything, but oh man, those safety sally comments are something else. Well, the buffer, you was... should get rid of your buffer. It's so dangerous. Oh yeah, and I'll keep my metal lathe instead because that's so much safer. Yeah, one of the guys I watch on YouTube, a machinist, he got lit up in his comments about doing something on his drill press and it did helicopter on him. But he didn't get hurt at all. Yeah. And here's and he actually had a discussion tried to about why he didn't get hurt and why they're stupid. And it's, do you know why the, the quill handle is on the right side of your drill press? It's on the right side of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it would be just as easy to have it on the left side, but you know why it's on the right side and it has nothing to do with it, the downward motion. Well, it, it does, but you know, no. So you're right. So you have to use it with your right hand with right-handed drill bits, right? So mm -hmm. if you happen to be holding something with your left hand, the clockwise motion of something going helicopter throws your hand away. Yeah. If you're holding it with your right hand, it's going to drag it in and bust, break your knuckles. But yeah. Um, so he's trying to explain that, and then somebody else finally told him, just stop. They're stupid. They're, <laughs> they're never they're, 
one, they're not going to read everything you write. Um, just like they didn't watch the whole video. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> winning an argument on the internet is kind of like winning. <laughs> and well, we can't say the rest. Well, there's another guy, what, that V-Core guy. He'll do something in the first five minutes of his video on purpose. Huh. Explain it later in the video because he knows anybody who comments about that incident, one, didn't watch the whole video, two, they're stupid, and, you know, they're, and they're stupid because, one, they didn't watch the whole video, and then they decide to comment on it. And if he put it online, he didn't die. Mm-hmm. He's not worried about getting sued, you know, because what he's doing is a business, and he just makes videos of it as a hobby. Yeah. But the vehicle he's working on is going to be sold to somebody. So anything he does on it has to be up to code, you know, pass inspection, blah, 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 uh, for liability reasons. Yeah. You know, so he, he does it just to troll the trolls. It's hilarious. That's funny. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's so weird. <clears throat> Good old he, trolls. He invited one troll. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Where do you live? Because I will pay for you to come to my shop and you show me how you do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my mommy won't let me leave. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what I thought. Um, I, You know, I'm so torn. Like, I like to just give it to these trolls and these jerks. And then I'm also kind of like, eh, you know, you're really not solving anything. You're actually just bringing more negativity to the platform. But man, some of these people, at, oh, so I had this one guy <laughs> here. I'll, I'll read this comment. Let me see if I can see it about my, um, anyways, I can't see it right now, but it was about the knife, the pocket clip I made for my Benchmade Griptilian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he left this comment. He he basically said, um, he's like, so let me get this straight. You think it's a good idea to, you know, buy sanders, torches, polishers, uh, spend, you know, at least two to three hours making a clip when I could just call Benchmade and get one for free or... Uh, order one online for five bucks and have it the next day. And then that was that. And then he said, in my line of work, I charge between 125 to $400 per hour for my time. If I made this, I would be losing money. No, you know, no questions about it. And I was like, what a stupid comment. And so I just replied, I, I was actually very nice to him, but I said, I said, weird. I said, some of us actually like to try to build things for the sake of learning how to do it. I said, some of us enjoy working with our hands and figuring things out. I get, And I, I said, obviously, that's not you. And I said, also, as a full-time knife maker, I didn't have to buy any of this equipment. I already had it, and I thought it'd just be a fun experiment. And I said, it's so weird how people in the world are different from each other, isn't it? You know, it's like, I, I don't know what you do. yet. First of all, if you're going to, anybody that has to go around and right away tell you how much they make, they're lying, Right. Or they're a lawyer. It's like, dude, I, nobody cares about that. Nobody cares how much you make. But what a what a dangle dangle, you know. Like, first of all, 
uh, somebody in their mind enough to to make that comment isn't very smart. Like they're they're like an insignificant, uh, petty piece of garbage. And I don't know anybody that would actually do that. That could be worth one hundred twenty five to four hundred dollars an hour doing anything. You know, unless they're really good at sorting recycling cans at the bottle depot. I don't know. But man, what a and it's just yeah. So so most of the time I just delete the comments or just block the I'll block the user but a lot of times I'll I'll give a little snide remark <laughs> and then block them. You know what you should do? What's that? Pin it to the top and then just comment. Here you go guys, have fun. Yeah. Just let your other commenters just destroy them. I've done that on a few of them. Uh, a few of them that are like actually like rude and mean and saying you did this wrong, you shouldn't have done this and this and this is like and a lot of times if I know that person has no clue, like they'll tell me that I'm actually doing something like you, you heat treated that incorrectly. Or I've had people saying there's no way you should ever stick a knife in liquid nitrogen. And I'm like, okay, here you go. Have fun with this. And I've pinned a few like that. And it's like, you don't think so, huh? Okay, good. I'm glad you know everything. You know, you know I don't All understand. Right. You know what? The- you know what? You're right. What's the link to your YouTube channel and what video is it where you show me the right way? Exactly. Exactly. I don't understand that. You know, like I've I've seen videos and, and you and I have both had, you know, content creators that we've enjoyed and have changed. And it's like, I don't, there's guys I used to really enjoy watching that I can't stand watching now, but not once has it even crossed my mind to go, I'm going to comment something nasty. <laughs> you know, I don't understand that. I just don't get it. Some people, oh my hey. God, what the hell is this comment? What's Your that? thumb makes my stomach hurt. I know Who's it that? pries. I know it pry hurts everything you grab something. Where is that? It's Patrick Diaz. Uh, Your thumb makes my stomach hurt. I know it pry hurt everything you grab something. <laughs> I know what he's trying to say, but God. Yeah. Quit drinking. That's why computers should have breathalyzers on them. Yeah. No kidding, eh? That's funny. Yeah, and uh, you know one thing I find people love commenting on is, well, my knife sharpener videos, uh, they've been fairly <laughs> fairly good for my channel. And I don't know why everyone has to chime in on their opinion on the cost of the machine. <laughs> it's like... There's literally hundreds of comments. Way too much money for me. <laughs> and I'm like, so what? Who, who cares? Nobody cares about you putting that there. You oh, literally I found that comment. Pre- What's that? What one's that? Uh, Lynn's oh, comment one? about I make 150 up to 450 an hour. Oh, yeah. Look, I just saw too. He just responded to me. Yeah. So here's his response. No. Those of us who are sane pretty much think along the same lines. For instance, I do make and build things, but I do so because I either can't buy it or it is cost justifiable to invest my time to make it. I'm not about <laughs> I'm not about recreating the light bulb just to see if I can. <laughs> I should respond to him. Here's going to be a live YouTube response. Ready? This is podcasting live. So here's what I'm saying to him. That's probably why... No one watches your YouTube channel. 
<laughs> there, I just responded. <laughs> That's probably why no one watches your YouTube channel. There you go. You want to give that a thumbs up? Todd, can you see that comment? <laughs> he has three subscribers, no videos. <laughs> You know, sometimes it's, I always feel bad being cocky, but the thing is the people on the other side are super duper cocky that I think sometimes you think about <clears throat> division between right and left, and this is going to be very general stereotypical and get over it. You know, people on, on the right are generally more reserved, more conservative, maybe quieter, I would say. And people on the left are loud and boisterous often. And sometimes, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily good. Like, I don't think everybody on the right should just be loud and boisterous because it's just as annoying. And there are some on the right that are loud and boisterous. But, you know, people are like, oh, don't say anything bad. <clears throat> sometimes you need to give people the gears, you know. Sometimes you need to, somebody says something rude, just slap them in the face. Like, shut up, you know. And I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I was raised to be like, no, 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 uh, turn the other cheek, you know. And I, sometimes I'm like, ah, I don't know. You know, punch him in the face. I don't know. That's what my comment was. That's me kind of getting back at him. Pa pow. And it's not like, you know, I don't ever want to be conceited. Like, okay, so I have some people that subscribe to my YouTube channel. Do I think I'm an amazing YouTuber? Not at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do I think like, oh, yes, I'm, I'm famous. I've got the... Not a chance. Like, I always shake my head. Why do people watch this? Because I'm just doing what anybody else does, you know? But at the same time, when somebody's giving me the gears and being dumb, and I could, I could be like, hey, well, you don't have anybody watching your videos, so piss off, <laughs> you know? Whatever. You still there, Todd? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I think, so on your end... How has the audio been like? Like on my side, like we were talking before we hit record, it sounded like static on an FM radio station. Um, that's been going on probably for like last minute, five minutes. That's toned down, and it's actually clear as a bell right now. Mine's been you know, intermittently um, like metallic y static on your end. Mm. Yeah, it still yeah, says just... I have. It's okay. Mine here says I've got one-fifth network connectivity. Uh, but it's funny because I do my speed test and I've got, like, really good internet connection right now. So who knows? You know, we keep talking about leaving Squadcast and finding something else and then we don't do it. But we should we should give a Skype a try or something like that. I think we should. Yeah. Squadcast, you know, in the in the beginning when we both had you know, subpar internet, you know, it wasn't working for us. And we were talking about changing. Now that I've got really, uh, amazing internet. <laughs> yeah. I was going to, um, copy the one guy, uh, with poor English and go, now that I have, um, more better internet, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think this is the fourth or fifth time we've talked about, you know, having issues with Scottcast bad enough to go look for an alternative. So I think that's probably enough. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And they don't want us to use pronouns, so <laughs> don't identify as anything. <laughs> 
just just be the blob that society wants every well not, some people in society want everybody just to be a blob that's ah, crazy anyways this is a shorter episode today kind of a weird day saturday what you got planned for the rest of the day todd uh didn't really have plans we're dog sitting right now oh you're still uh, dog sitting for the in-laws dog uh they went up to ohio to the uh trump rally his first rally since he was you know oh really put into exile uh i just shake my head at it because it seems like Mark, my country is divided that what you're either pro Trump or anti Trump. And I think it's stupid because I'm anti both of them. Yeah. Uh, Trump didn't do everything bad. He didn't do everything good. In fact, I did not appreciate him attacking the Second Amendment. Uh, therefore, he's not my candidate. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't uh, really care for his unprofessional behavior as the United States president. Yeah. You know. Come on, people. If you're the leader of the country, you need to be uh, very classy, very austere, not, mm-hmm. you know, having Twitter fights. That's that's just stupid. Yeah. Come yeah. On. It's petty. Yeah. We're not in elementary school. You're the president. So, no, don't do that. Yeah. Don't care who you are. And now, I hate Puddinghead. Uh, Biden, good Lord. Yeah, he's funny. <laughs> he's so funny. <laughs> you know, we as a people got um, laundromat and the, the, the Beatles, uh, you know, for the people. <laughs> Man, that guy's, what goes on in there? It's amazing. His brain tells his heart to keep pumping blood. Oh, here you go. Here's my response to Lynn's original post. I'm typing right now. What in the world would someone pay you up to $450 an hour for? Mm -hmm. Is it even legal? Yeah. No, I said doesn't sound legal. By the way, I see you only have three subs and no vids on your channel. So is what you do really that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, drop that one for him. <laughs> and it's like, you know, some of the most popular videos on YouTube are the most ridiculous, unpractical things, you know? <laughs> I mean, lady, let's make slime. You remember when slime was popular? Or, uh, you know that channel Stuff Made Here? Do you ever see that one? Yeah. I mean, so he's making an exploding baseball bat. That is completely dumb. I mean, it's interesting, but... Well, it's not practical. And his comment, trying to reinvent the light bulb. If you made a YouTube video about making your own light bulb, it would go viral. It would. (laughs) This guy's a moron. More on the next page. Turn now. One of the absolute most successful uh, heavy equipment or excavating or will it start guys on YouTube in his video, in his videos, it seems like he's Gomer Pyle stupid. Yeah. All right. He he makes Andrew Camerata look like a by the book engineer. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. But, but he has more subs, more views than anybody in his category. Yeah. So, one, he can't be stupid because he's got a uh, a formula. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he's following that formula. People are watching it. Just saying. Yep. Yeah, I hear you. I got to edit a video that I shot yesterday. Day. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm always torn about YouTube. I'm like, I want to make a video every single day. Don't care. And then I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> and then I don't make a video for a week or two. And then I'm like, I want to make a video every single day. And then I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am consistently inconsistent. You just make. Uh... About 35 videos, and they put them in a can, release one a week, two a week. Yes. Yeah, and then enough. at that point, you can you make them at your leisure, but you're still mm-hmm. consistent in your upload. And then you start um, clocking them YouTube dollars, yo. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> make it rain. Make it rain, Benjamins. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Right on. Well, you know, I, I just, there's, there's money there. It's how do you tap into it? You know? Yeah. You I, know, just a few people I've subscribed to. There's three of them building a house or their house or their mansion with YouTube money. Yeah. A guy building a, rebuilding a Ferrari, just using YouTube revenue, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? You know, the his replacement engine in the Ferrari, used but rebuilt by Ferrari, was $45,000. Wow, yeah. And he's buying it with YouTube money. So yeah. there's got to be something there. Oh, yeah, there is, yeah. Oh, my God, if, if Weston makes money <laughs> on YouTube, they got to have money they don't know what to do with, so just throwing that out the window. Yeah. How many videos does he put up a week? One or two. Depends on the okay. week. Yeah. Yeah, he's funny. I, I watch him and it's so uh, I mean, I've I've been a little bit ruthless with who I follow on Instagram. Uh but he follows me on Instagram and I follow him for a bit, but I don't know why I didn't enjoy his I found his Instagram just to be more distracting or wasting of my time. But yeah. Every every now and then I'll watch his YouTube videos. I'm like, oh that's kinda of funny. Um yeah, no, he's, and you watch him, you to. kind of, he's got a good personality. He's just kind of like a goofball, and he's loud, obnoxious, having a good time, let's see if this works, you know? And I look at him, I'm like, how on earth did he make it on YouTube? Because he has fully made it. Like, he's there, you know? Well, um, here's a, he's, at, nah, he was at a recent meetup with other YouTubers. Okay. And he was talking to another YouTuber about his business model, as it were. There's only words I have for it. The other YouTuber had his camera on, but it wasn't pointed at anything, so it didn't look like he had it on. Yeah. So he's recording everything Weston's saying. <laughs> yeah. Basically, it's I see people like, I'm going to use Andrew Camerata as an example. 
his most popular videos is when he's being an idiot putting in the stereo in his truck with a chainsaw. Yeah. I like making videos. My brother likes making videos. I like being stupid in front of the camera because I'm a comedian. You know, I'm the class clown. Yeah. Put those two things together. You act like an idiot, film it, put it on the internet, and people watch it. Yeah. It's not the project you're doing at this point. People want to see stupid. <laughs> yeah. And so you do that and you make a lot of money. Yeah. In a short period of time. That's true, yeah. That's crazy. And then you go back to making build videos and when that becomes popular again and you go back to being stupid when that becomes popular again. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like, right now, this season, summertime, I mean, kids are out of school now. Uh, I think in the States they're out like a month earlier. Like, this last week was the last week of school for kids here. Um. But YouTube doesn't push anything at all. Like right now, like as far as recommending videos, uh, views, like this is the lowest watch time of the year. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of, I've heard of, uh, there's some content creators that won't put out content in the summer. They'll film, they'll get everything, and they'll only release it like fall till spring. Because that's when, you know, fall, Christmas, that's when... Uh, you know, advertisers are spending more and summertime, everybody's just kind of like, Hey, people aren't inside, you know, kids aren't in school. It's like they're outside doing stuff. They're not watching YouTube much. So it's, it's kind of weird. Uh, this is the first year I've gone into it with that information. Like, I had no clue about that before. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, kind of looking at my numbers. I'm like, it always dips in the summertime. It's interesting, which is good. I think because well, it's cause all advertiser, why... advertiser driven. So there's no holidays coming up. Yeah. No. And and then ultimately, like, why would you, why, people should be outside in the summertime. You, sh- you shouldn't be watching YouTube. Well, not everybody. Not everybody. No. I've seen some people outside and one, <laughs> the clothing should have been illegal, but no, they need to stay in the house. Yep. Or inside Jenny Craig, something. Just not outside. <laughs> yeah. Not in, you know, half shirts and spandex. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm so stoked for air conditioning, talking about outside and how hot it's going to be. It's like, uh. and so, so our van, the air, the AC crapped out on it. My car, the air conditioning died on it. And my truck's air conditioning hasn't been working for about five years. And I don't care because I only use my truck to haul garbage or plywood, right? It's not like I drive it. And so with our van, with our car, our SUV being a smashed window, <laughs> Man, it sucked because we had to drive other vehicles and none of them have air conditioning. I'm like, this is brutal. And then my wife has really bad seasonal allergies and having air conditioning in the house has made a huge deal. Like they haven't really kicked in yet this year, except the one day she had to go to town. Well, a couple of days she had to go to town, take the kids in and they have to drive with the windows down. And then she gets all the allergens and it's all in her hair and she comes back home just sneezing and sneezing and sneezing. Oh, so I'm so excited we got that fixed and that we have AC in the house because man, is it ever nice. And then we're only getting down to like, it's only cooling down to like 20 degrees at night. So it doesn't even cool off, you know, it's going to be a brutal, brutal hot week. I think we need to go buy like 40 watermelons and just sit around and eat watermelons all day long. Yes. I discovered those 
seedless watermelons a couple years ago, the smaller yeah. ones. Yeah. I love the about volleyball size. Yeah. Put them in the refrigerator for like two days. And I could just cut the top off of one. So now it's a bowl. And I yeah. go just eat it. Yeah. Do you ever put salt? Spoon. You put salt on watermelon ever? No. Um, I put a tiny bit of salt on um, cantaloupe if it needs oh, okay. it, but not watermelon. Uh, I love salt on watermelon. I know some people that do that too. And, you know, they can be wrong about that. Probably the same yeah. people that eat mayonnaise. They're disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you listen to our last podcast? Not yet. Okay. There's I, a couple uh, times this past week after we did our <laughs> podcast, I stayed off the internet pretty much. Uh, I took a break because one of my one of the folks I follow on Instagram, I it it was making me gnaw my teeth, you know, gnash my teeth because they post like. 40 things a day. So you're flooding my Instagram and, and I miss things like you post or, you know, my family. So I'm going to have to unfollow them. Yeah. The old, uh, the old Insta diarrhea they got there. Oh God. Yeah. And then they have two channels. Oh, well. So now it's just, ugh. uh, I was going to say, if you listen to that podcast, I think there's one, maybe two times when I was, I snuck in a little remark about, uh, you know, how dumb people are that don't like mayonnaise or something like that. Oh, yeah. And I think you missed them because he didn't respond to them, so they just stayed. I'm like, oh, good. I got these little tiny, dink, dink, little cowardly torts in there. So there you go. That's fine. Little yeah. t- I haven't listened to it either. I just kind of adjusted the volumes and exported it. But uh, one of my buddies, uh, Nathan, uh, he made a sheath. He made some sheaths for me. Uh, he's a gentleman... Uh, he lives up in, is it a Calibut? Not a Calibut. I forget. Way up north in, in the Canadian Arctic. And uh, he sent me a message, said he started he started laughing so hard with our little, the racking the gun and the stapler. <laughs> he says, I don't know how Otter Todd could guess that quick, but that was fast. I was shocked too. I was like, are you kidding? How do you know that's a stapler? <laughs> <laughs> but. Right on. Well, I got to get cruising, Todd, so we should probably wrap this all up. I know you got things to do. And yeah. uh, th- thanks for doing it on a Saturday. apologize I couldn't make yesterday work, but... Oh, I, anytime, I was... you know, if we, if based on some conversations we've had privately, uh, you know, if you need to change the date or time, you know, time of day, you need to do it at night, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, we'll just cancel this week. I'm like, I don't really want to cancel. Like, I kind of like doing this show every week, so I can't nice wait to hang out and chat. Better internet, and maybe we can try uh, uh, have a visual component, and also yeah. do the, you know, do this as, you know, post the audio as a podcast, and then post the video audio on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Because those that is the future. Yeah, and the people that are in doing it now are better off i'm gonna say it that way yeah well you know maybe if we try a different platform like skype mm-hmm. it might i know this one here they've brought in like right now i've got super fast internet but i know squadcast allows you to do video but boy i don't know if i trust them at all <laughs> anyways yeah, we've had we can, so many intermittent problems with them it's just yeah i don't know yeah when they work they're great yeah 
And I will say the files that we generally get, like they're crystal clear and I'm proud of the show that we produce. Like I think the quality of our audio is top notch and yeah, I would definitely like to keep that if we went to video, at least the audio. You can have not so great a video as long as your audio is spot on, but anyways, I'm showing exactly one hour, so that's good. Banged yeah, out an hour double show. Double what we wanted. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Two for one, guys. Two for one. <laughs> Bogo. Split right it in on. half and we'll skip next week. No, there we I'm go. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not going to do that. But, uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody for listening. Appreciate you tuning in. And uh, I don't know if we, we don't have any Google rev- or Apple reviews, whatever they are. Apparently, they help. So if you can stand listening to this, five star. Just five star. You know, don't don't be like, who's this guy? This, this guy, commenter, Lenny Levy. Luby, whatever, who doesn't have time to make a light bulb, don't be like him. You know, support things that people doing something that you kind of enjoy. It's like, ah, good. Yeah, you know, let's let them know. So we appreciate if you guys would do that. And having said that, just because he watched your video, didn't like it, and commented, he helped you. Exactly. Thank you. Yep. That's exactly it. In your own way, Lenny, you did help invent, reinvent the light bulbs. Yes. And Lenny, if you're listening, give us a five-star review too. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll talk to you all next week. See you all later. Bye-bye.